What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Coffee with a friend is like capturing joy in a cup. Welcome to the Coffee with Jenny B podcast, hosted by Jenny B, a lover of all things coffee. Each week, Jenny will chat about connecting over coffee, what brings her joy, and everything in between. A lot can happen over coffee, so grab a cup, sit back, and enjoy. Now, here's your host, Jenny B. Hello and welcome to the show. I love trying new coffee roasters, and I'm excited when I discover a new one. And Canada is so fortunate to have a plethora of coffee roasters from coast to coast. And I'm always intrigued and I guess amused a little bit by the different names of the coffees and the name of the roaster themselves. I like to try and find out why they named their coffees a certain way and find out sort of the backstory or why they decided to name their business a certain way. And one roaster that I discovered is Sassy Bean Coffee out of Perth, Ontario. Now, just saying the word sassy makes you think of something spunky, something with some pizzazz, some confidence. And I was intrigued to want to know more about the woman behind Sassy Bean Coffee. And so today we have Melanie Ironton, who is the solopreneur owner of Sassy Bean Coffee, who is going to tell us all about, first of all, why she called it Sassy Bean, and also tell us more about the coffee itself. So welcome, Melanie. Hey, Melanie. Hi, thank you for having me. You're welcome. So Sassy Bean Coffee, why did you call it that? (laughs) That's a really great question. Myself, I've probably been told I'm sassy. The women I'm surrounded with have always been told that they're really sassy, but I think it's a really great representation of women and it's fun and it's playful and it's also powerful because it kind of represents that we do celebrate women. We want to celebrate women in their hustle, their drive, the success and all the kind of multifaceted roles that they play in every day and their personalities. So we really ran with that with the brand and, and that's where Sassy Bean came from. I love that. You know, it's funny, I I have a granddaughter, Lenny, she's five years old. And she was over a few months ago, and I don't know what she was doing. Like, she's just so creative, and she's dancing all over the place. And I think I called her sassy. And I don't remember doing it, but my daughter sent me a text later, and Lenny went home and she says, Grandma called me sassy, and she was so proud. (laughs) And you're right, it's a strong, it represents somebody who's strong, so who's not afraid to put themselves out there, to shine, to, you know, sometimes we shrink into ourselves, but this is like, nope, this is me. Hello. (laughs) So I love that. Absolutely. And that's exactly that kind of, you know, fun, playful, but strong, you know, you can't help but laugh when you hear, you know, when you do call a child sassy, or even as an adult, if you're called sassy, it's not an insult. It's, it's fun. It's strong. 
Um, and that's kind of what we're going for. And it's also playful. You know, when you call somebody sassy, you know, they're like, oh yeah, you're sassy, right? And just the intonation and it's fun. And I love the idea that coffee can be fun and playful. And, you know, yes, it's serious to make sure that you're roasting it properly and, you know, everything that you need to do to, to make sure that you have a, a good product. But you know what? Adding a little bit of fun to it certainly adds a little bit of extra, you know, that je ne sais quoi, so to speak. Absolutely. And I think because there there are so many coffee brands out there and wonderful coffee brands out there. And I think you can both say we're very much coffee snobs. It's more about, you know, what you enjoy about your coffee and that feeling it gives you. And that's kind of where we really wanted to draw on, you know, the flavors and the blends to make sure that it really was representative of that. And from a female perspective, because our, you know, we like things that are our way in coffee is like fine wine. Everyone has their different choices and their, their different tastes that they prefer. And we really wanted to make sure that our coffee, you know, did have that kind of different taste, but that allowed for those moments so that you could really enjoy your cup of coffee, no matter what you're faced with every morning. And I love that you compare coffee to wine, because really, if you think about it, the process of, first of all, the way coffee is grown, because it's a berry, and wine is also a berry or, or a grape, so to speak. And then the process of how you're turning that into something wonderful, into coffee and then wine. But then when you think about, say, the sommeliers or you know the coffee masters, where they are trying, and so they're cupping or slurping. Right. So they're, they're trying to find those tasting notes and they're, you know, and so it's an experimentation, so to speak, to get those flavors and to find that perfect blend. And I want to talk about those blends, actually. I want to get into it because I'm so intrigued, first of all, about the names. So <laughs> I'm going to, <laughs> so I'm going to name them. And if you could tell me, first of all, why that name and why did you call it? And what are the beans that represent that particular blend? So, okay. So the first one is Blissful Betty. Yes. So Blissful Betty is our, our light roast and we named it Blissful Betty because as is light, we find that Betty is, you know, just kind of, you know, very happy, very carefree, um, you know, kind of boho. She just kind of has a carefree attitude. And everyone has a friend like that or is knows someone like that. You may be like that. But we just wanted you to be able to identify with, with the bean, with the taste. Um, and it is a very, um, it's a light taste, obviously, the highest caffeine content, which is kind of representative of that, you know, that yogi, that flaky kind of friend that we all have. <laughs> um, so again, we're having fun with it. You know, they're, you're, they're kind of high on life and they're just buzzing and but everything kind of rolls off of them which is the bean. The bean is just, it, it's uh, from Terrazu, Costa Rica. It's a small hold farm. It's got a naturally sweet taste, a little bit of a, a citrus if you really properly taste it and berry in there as well. But basically the idea behind the two matching is that the bean, the taste, the flavor, the roast kind of matches that personality. So we've matched each of our beans with a personality and given them a name. And that's where our naming convention comes from. I love that. All right. The next one is Logical Lisa. All right. And Logical Lisa is our medium roast. Again, this is a small batch, small holder farm. It's Midland, Colombia. And this one has a little bit of caramel, berry, nut taste. Mm. 
the personality behind the bean is that it's it's thriving. It's kind of, you know, it's more common. The medium roast is usually your more common, but it is really, really mellow in terms of uh, it's smooth. So it's a very smooth, you know, really wanting to enjoy that moment at that time when you're drinking it and the world disappears. But at the same time, it's just very gentle. So it's very kind. So we represented Lisa, which is a really common name, doesn't take things too seriously, but always has a logical answer for everything. So, you know, she she will listen very intently, maybe an old soul, and make her keep her her mouth kind of quiet until there's something to say at the end. So that's kind of what we we believe this bean to be. So we've given again this persona to the bean, and it's something that I think everybody can really relate to. So this the medium roast is my favorite, absolutely. But again, it depends on the person. It depends on what your flavor profile is. Hmm. Okay. And the next one is actually this one is the one that I ordered from your website. Feisty Fiona. Yes. So this is our dark roast. So it's got the most intense flavor. It, again, it's small batch from a small, small holder farm in South America. It's got a note of dark chocolate. It's, it's medium kind of nut flavor as well. So it's kind of that darker, deeper. And the personality we've given this bean is kind of determined, driven, somehow keeping it all together but because they're so feisty you're just kind of look at them and go how are you keeping this all together um a natural born leader very feminine very strong very graceful is how we would represent tasting the coffee as well as the personality behind it so she's kind of a brilliant force to be reckoned with um and Again, we all know somebody like that. We all know someone that's really strong, maybe too strong for their own good, um, but we love them. So it's it's that representation is kind of the same, the flavor profile and the person go together. Well, you want to hear something, Melanie? I think you've just described me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably why I was drawn to Feisty Fiona because I'm like, you know what? I can be feisty and I love dark rose, so it was perfect. And you're right, I can taste the dark chocolate and a little bit of that nut in there. And it is just, mm, it, it just makes me happy when I when I drink your coffee. And so I just wanted to share that with you. Oh, I love that. That's what I love <laughs> to hear. And it's, it is that, that's what coffee should be. Uh, you know, to find the right one for you. And when you do you, that will be the feeling that, that you'll be, you'll feel fulfilled by it. Uh, and what I aim to achieve with our being. Wonderful. Okay. And the last one is Calmly Karen. Yeah. Um, so this one we had a lot of fun with and it, and I, I wanted to present it in a way that wasn't insulting, but at the same time was supportive. And it was, so I had, it was, it was fun because we know in this day and age, everyone's like, oh, it's a, they refer to someone as a Karen or someone who's just kind of a pain. And that's where Karen came from. But at the same time, it's a rare thing to meet someone like that and to really get to know them and their uniqueness. There's a reason why people are like that and to really understand that. So this bean is naturally decaffeinated. It's a medium roast. And again, it's from South Central America. This has notes of milk, chocolate, orange, and nut. Because it's naturally decaffeinated, it doesn't have that kind of chemical taste at the end. It has that nice, smooth taste. So Again, to, to put the person next to it, we all know someone like Karen. So they're delicate, 
They're delightful. They're sweet. They will always surprise you with a very soothing nature. And they're very misunderstood. So same as a decaf, you think, oh, a decaf. I don't want a decaf. It's Karen, you know, and Karen's misunderstood. So that's where we put the two of them together. And that's the person that fills our cup. So we all know that person. So that's where that profile came from. That's hilarious, you know, because I've been guilty myself of decaf. I'm like, you know, and I've said before that I've never met a decaf that I like. And I can always tell when when it's decaf. And some people, well, how can you do that? I just know. I just know it's decaf versus, you know, the octane of the coffee. But, uh, you know, I, I might be persuaded to actually try yours just to see because, you know, based on you, how you've described it, you might turn me into a convert. Well, I hope I don't. I hope you enjoy it, but I I don't want to dissuade you from the, the presence of caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I always say that uh, there's no such thing as too much coffee. However, you know, sometimes it's not a bad idea to have a perhaps a cup of decaf at night so that it's not disrupting your sleep. But no, I love I love first of all, I love the names, I love the descriptions and you've put a lot of thought into describing not only the profile of the the coffee itself, but also the beans and making sure that you're matching the right beans from the right location to the profile. And also with the tasting notes, making sure that they are roasted accordingly to bring out those beautiful notes. Yes, absolutely. There was a lot of thought in, and that is my, I am actually a business consultant in, in previous and in, in current world. So this is kind of my focus at the beginning was that, was that, was the branding. And, you know, as you go through the process, it's not a quick process to start a coffee business. So as you go through that process, it's, it's really quite fascinating. And again, you love, it just kind of flows together. So it's, it's been fun. Yes, I can imagine. So my question then is, why did you decide to get into the coffee business? I love coffee. And I've been thinking about it for probably 10 years. So as a business consultant, I just never had the time. I never had. And I thought, you know what? I need to do this. I need to just go ahead and do it. I work with women primarily in the service industry consulting. And I thought what my target audience is the same. So, you know, this is who I've made this coffee for is for all, you know, all of these different types of women that I've been surrounded with. And I just wanted to learn, I I can't learn enough about coffee. Um, I can't try enough coffee because even though I'm now, you know, we have our own coffee, I still want to try other coffees because I still, it's, it's kind of a hobby turned passion. So the process initiated probably a year ago, I started really looking into how this was going to come about. And, you know, just reached out to a bunch of people started doing my research. And I had no idea at that time what I was going to call it. I had no idea how any of it was going to come together, but it did. Um, So we, we met with our importers, Chronicle in Calgary, and we chose our beans. And then we went through, you know, the creation of, of the recipes. And the next thing you know, about three, four months later, I, I actually had a moment where I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. And I was like, I'm too busy with my with my main business. I'm, I'm not going to do this. And I don't know what it was, but something just said, do it. And I just went for it. And I just went full all in. And within a week, we were promoting it and and I think I sat down and did the branding for it and you know within through two or three days and then sat on it just because you're not sure right you're never positive if it's it's the right way to go if you know if it's going to sell you know how are you going to present it to people and then I just came to the conclusion that it's okay I don't I don't have an expectation 
I know it's very uh, good coffee. The feedback we have on it is, is been phenomenal and I don't need it to grow, you know, overly fast at any set pace. It can just grow as it, you know, takes on its own life. And that, that is what's been happening. So it's, it's fun. I still, as long as I'm still loving it and enjoying it and the business side of it keeps unfolding as it's meant to unfold. I think it was smart for you to do that just because when it happens organically, it's meant to be because sometimes if you go too fast, too soon, sometimes it works, you know, and and there are examples and I'm not going to talk about that, but there are examples of, of businesses that have worked that way, but most of them, you know, they go too fast, too soon, and then it's just too much. And then you end up folding and then it's gone. And it's interesting that you mentioned that you were almost ready to sort of just give it up, that it was too much work and it was going to interfere with your business. And yet that little voice inside of you said, nope, I got to do this. And here's a question for you, because I've come across this myself. Did you think when you were thinking of saying, no, I'm not going to do this, did you have a thought that if I don't do this now, I might never do it? Absolutely. I have my daughter, who's going into her last year of high school, our, the boys are, you know, one's gone, one's still here. And, you know, I'm not getting any younger. And I'm thinking, but I've always wanted to do this. And I'm going to be really mad at myself if I don't at least try after all the work I've put into it. So yeah, I did. I absolutely had that voice going, you're going to regret this if you don't try it. Yeah. And I'm glad you did because I did the same. I mean, I've talked about where it was, uh, well, 2021, actually, uh, where I launched my podcast and I thought to myself, you know, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. And I did it. And and so did you. And so now we get to enjoy and have fun with it and watch it grow. And and so I, I just find that so amazing. So I'm glad you stuck with it. Thank you. Yeah, I think and I see it, you know, it, I, we see it a lot. You get you overthink things. And when we overthink things, it can really stop it in our tracks. So that mindset's really important. Yes. Now, I want to talk about your branding for a second. I love your, I guess your logo, I guess it is. It's a woman with the messy bun and glasses, which you wear glasses, so I'm sure that's you. And so what made you think about, well, of course, it's it's you, it's your branding, so you wanted to represent you in a way, but it's kind of fun and whimsical. So how did you come up with that? It's actually not intended to be me. It's actually everyone. It's the uh, the most common natural way to find women and and the messy bun is representative of all women because if you look at the messy bun, it can be your hairdo when you wake up in the morning in your pajamas and and you're drinking your coffee it can be your hairdo when you're going to work and you throw on your glasses like I have on now and I don't have my hair in a messy bun but typically that would be how you would find me it is how my daughter who is a teenager does her hair 90% of the time it is youthful it is it's you know it's antique it's it's something that could go to a ball and have your hair in a messy bun and be wearing a ball gown and you are still it's representative of so many uh states of being as well as ages and i think it's of something that as a female we can kind of relate to very easily if you don't have the ability to throw your hair in a messy bun you might wish you did or you know someone who does so it's it's very relatable and it's the same way with your flavor profile so the you know the four types of coffee it's we all know someone like that and the messy bun. And yeah, I, I I mean, I have short hair, so I don't have a messy bun, but I know my daughter is, you know, she's quick to throw her hair up and 
and she doesn't have to make it perfect. You know, it's not the perfect ponytail. It's just, yep, my hair's up and I'm good to go. And it's having that, that confidence, you know, that confidence that you can go out there, like you say, messy bun and a ball gown and it works. Absolutely. And that's, that's why it, that I chose that symbol for the brand was because it is versatile. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Now, let's talk about your mission, you know, so your mission is that you want to make it completely woman grown. And first of all, you're you're a woman owner of a coffee business. And I know you're working with Chronicle Importers. So it's men and women that are working at, you know, roasting the coffees and so on. And right now you're getting beans from family run farms. And Mm -hmm. I want to mention the fact that you've mentioned that it's direct trade. Yes. And we'll we'll talk about that in a second. But I know that you had mentioned that right now it's not completely woman-only roasting and not completely women-owned farms, but I know that you are working towards that. So tell me about your goal in terms of achieving that. So initially, when I set out on this kind of feminine brand, I I wanted to do so because it's such a male dominated industry, for one. And I I just keep seeing, you know, different kind of male oriented brands coming out. So I like the idea of a feminine brand. And with that, the goal is that every aspect of it will become women or, or identifying as women from farming, from roasting through to obviously the the onion is already at that point but what we're looking at is a farm in costa rica which is completely women run um so we're trying to get to that point with them where our beans are are grown by them where that's where you know we're sourcing our beans from and then we go women roasted which we're working with with chronicle and achieving that and at that point we will be completely women from start to finish we'll be which is kind of, you know, it sets us apart from, from the rest. The other aspect of our direct trade relationship is that, yes, they are small hold farms and they are families. Obviously, the composition of any family can be, I have no, no idea exactly what each one has as far as male or female. But yeah, the intention is that it will be female from farming through to delivery. And it's important for direct trade because now there's a difference between fair trade, direct trade, coffee that's organic. First of all, tell us what direct trade is and why was that important for you? It was really important because when you do direct trade, you're buying directly from from the farmer. And the way that it typically works and what does work is that you import from a farmer directly. Number one, it's ethically sourced. We know how the farm is operating. We know exactly where the beans are coming from. We know that the quality is going to stay the same of the bean and typically in all instances. And we know that the money that we're 
paying in exchange for the beans is going directly to that family um, or that farmer. So in their little five acre lot, they're getting all of the money that we're giving them. Now, if it was fair trade, it would go to a governing body in their country and it would be distributed amongst the farms. So small hold, uh, you know, any farm that is part of that fair trade agreement would get a piece as well as the people that run the fair trade governing body. So they would get a very minimal amount of funds in exchange for that. And because they're already in situations where, you know, they need this, they're working really hard. They, They need all of the money that we can provide to them in order to maintain their farm and put food on the table. So it was really important to us that the money was going directly to the farm as opposed to being distributed amongst, you know, farms we don't know about, we don't know how they run, we don't know anything really about them. So that was really important. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. It makes you feel good because it's a win-win. You're helping them, they're helping you by providing the beans for your coffee. And I like to think of a, a relationship between a business and a business owner or working with suppliers as a, you know, a symbiotic, you know, where you're both equally benefiting from the relationship. And when it comes to coffee, I I 100% agree that it's the best way to go. So I'm glad that you're doing that. Yeah. And I mean, until we're presented with something to the contrary, that is exactly what we think as well. It's, it's, you know, to know where everything's coming from and to know where everything is going is very reassuring. And it also feels good to know that we are, you know, doing our best to support everyone else at the same time. Now you offer small batch roasting. How does that work? Is it that you you typically, let's say, if I wanted to go on your website and I wanted to, to order uh, Feisty Fiona and you may not have that in stock, so then you'd have to do another small batch or or how does that work? Yep. So typically we always are on, you know, if we start to run out of, of coffee, we're roasting another batch. We use a Deirdrick roaster, which means we basically enter our recipe in. So the same beans are used. The recipe is the same. And the result is always the same. So it does mean that we roast smaller batches of beans, but it does mean that, number one, they're always fresh. And it also means that they always taste the same, which is really important. Because once you find a bean that you really like, you don't want to get a bag and have it taste completely, you know, a little off or different from from the last one. So that's really important to us. And that is why we choose, we do the small batch for the freshness, for for the longevity of the bean as well. And using the the roaster that we do, that allows us to have the same flavor profile. Mm-hmm. And that's important because you're right. I mean, you want the coffee beans to taste the same. And, and so you're making sure that everything is the same, the recipe, the bean the process, even the roaster that's doing it, you know, so for instance, you know, with Chronicle Importers, whoever's in charge of roasting your beans, it's not like it's one person and then it's somebody else. It's usually the same person that's doing it because it's important. And I don't know roasting myself, but my friend Luann in Manitoba, she was describing the process of watching the beans and waiting for that crack and, and waiting to see that it's the right color. And I'm not sure if there's an aroma that's part of it, but it's, it's that right moment. It's like when you're baking, right? It's that right moment to take the the cookies out of the oven before they burn, like, you know, 30 seconds later and, and they're, they're brown. And so you don't want burnt coffee. So it's, it's really important to make sure that all the components are the same. It absolutely is. And it's uh, Chronicle's very tiny. There, there's maybe six people that, that are roasting. And so, you know, I always know that that it's going to be the same. I always know the process is the same. I always know it's, you know, there's two people that are, are going to be doing it. And essentially the end result is it's, you know, to even watch it happening and, you know, to be able to 
see the difference in the bean between the different blends at the end and the taste and smell the aroma when they're fresh out of the roaster. My favorite. I wish that I could smell have just capture that smell in a capsule. But it's yeah, it's it's so important. There's so many little details that go into it. And you know, that is again, that's part of the the process to being able to launch was getting that right from practice, but getting it right until, you know, that we were like, okay, this is the one, you know, this is what we want. So yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, no, I can imagine it's been fun. And also the experimentation. So how long did it take you and and how many tries did you go through before you found your four coffees? A lot. So it was months because it's very hard to put into words what you like and what you want until you know what different beans can produce and where they're from and what they can produce. And Chronicle was really great at, you know, giving us samples and, you know, breaking it down for us so that we could determine whether we, you know, liked a really dark roast or whether we liked a, a, a dark roast on the lighter side. And we, we've ended up with four blends that are actually on the darker side. So, you know, our light medium and dark are probably light, medium, medium, dark and dark. <laughs> so yeah, it's really been interesting in that regard. And, and yeah, it took about, oh goodness, probably four months before we were really set on what we were going to do. And it's interesting because I'm sure prior to that, you may not have known what you were looking for. And it's the trial and error. It's like, you know, you're almost there, but you know, what if you tried that? Or what if you tried that? And it's just, I guess, pulling ideas. And once you're immersed in it, because I mean, you know, this has been, like you say, a dream of yours and, and you were going full bore into it. And so you wanted to make sure that it was absolutely perfect for what you were looking for. And the fact that you had Chronicle working with you and, and really helping you along to find those, those perfect. And it's, it was like when you, when you tasted, it's like, yep, that's the one, that's what we're going for. Exactly. And they were fun about it. You know, they would be like, what do you mean you don't like it? <laughs> like, I really don't. Like it. Um, or, and so it, we had a lot of fun with it and it really, you're exactly right. I mean, you really don't know what you like until you really focus on it. And it's as with anything, there's that learning curve to it. So, you know, I've, I've tried many coffees that I've enjoyed and I've tried many coffees that I, I didn't enjoy, but I didn't really pay attention to what the flavors were that I really enjoyed. So I started really paying attention to that. And even now when, you know, if I go out somewhere and have coffee, I really pay attention to the profile to, you know, the aftertaste, um, you know, to how dark it is, if it's a dark roast or a, a medium roast, I, I pay attention to all these details now that I wouldn't have paid attention to before. I just knew I liked coffee. I agree, you know, and I'm the same way that when I go and try coffee, and of course, for those that like cream and sugar, that's wonderful, but cream and sugar kind of dilute the taste. And so if you are really looking to try and find those tasting notes, and like you say, the aftertaste, it's better to drink it black. Because then there's nothing that is taking it away from the pure taste of that coffee. And so when you're trying it and you're thinking, okay, so is this kind of sweet? Is it tangy? What, what What's going on? And actually someone told me that you and I could be trying the same coffee and we would have different ideas of what those tasting notes are. And I might love it and you might hate it, but it's the same coffee. So how is that? How is that possible? That I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's as with anything, as we, we mentioned wine earlier, I was just at actually a whiskey tasting last night and I don't drink whiskey, but 
the explanation was the same, you know, you're going to, but I, what's fun, what I find interesting is if, if you're drinking something and I say, Oh, can you taste the caramel? You're going to try to taste the caramel and you probably are going to, but whether you actually taste the caramel or mentally your brain's telling you, you taste the caramel <laughs> is two different, you know, I don't know what the psychology is behind it, but I would have to say, yeah, absolutely. Just like we all have different preferences for everything and our different people, we're going to have different, different palates and, you know, what we eat, I think our diet and, you know, the bacteria in your mouth, all those things have an effect on how you perceive taste. And so therefore that, that is why you will like one coffee and you won't like another versus other people. And you're right, because depending, like if I had something, let's say I had an orange half an hour or an hour before I tried the coffee, it would change the way that I tasted it. And then if you had, let's say, pizza or an apple or you were eating celery or something, I'm I'm not sure, but that would change then that taste for you. So that would make sense. For us to have maybe the same, we'd have to have absolutely nothing to eat <laughs> or drink before our coffee, and that's not going to happen. Yeah, I think that's why you'll see, you know, wine connoisseurs, coffee connoisseurs, they are cleansing their palate before they before they taste anything so that they are really getting that true essence of, of the coffee. And every day, we don't typically tend to pay that much attention to, you know, what you eat before you have your coffee, unfortunately. So it, I think it's a good thing, but everybody is going to have a different flavor when they're drinking the coffee. Absolutely. Now, you called yourself a coffee snob. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that you are probably more of a coffee aficionado, right? Because to me, a coffee snob is the person that has the, you know, the high tech equipment and they've got, they measure the, the water and they have the water at a certain temperature and they have to exact amount of water to the exact amount of coffee and there's all the science and everything. So those are coffee snobs. I'm a those coffee are, snob. <laughs> Okay. No way. (laughs) Yeah. So we have, we have the machine It boils it to the the proper temperature. I don't have to do it myself. That's it. I'm not having to do a pour over at a a measured temperature every morning, but yeah, we, we do have the machine. We do have it set at a specific temperature so that we have to, because we also go and do events with our coffee. So when we're not at an event with the coffee, we still use the machine. <laughs> so, okay. I would say, yeah, and I, I would absolutely say that I, I can't, I can't lie. I'm definitely a coffee snob. I will drink coffee that is not, you know, set at a certain temperature. That's not to say that, but at home, it is one of the things I really value. You know what? So I stand corrected. Yes, you are a coffee snob. <laughs> and I don't mean it in a bad way. Absolutely not. Because when you really love something, you want to put everything into it. So you want to have the best equipment. You want to have a, I have a little coffee scale at home where, you know, if I'm doing a pour over, I'm measuring and and all the rest of it, but I don't have any fancy machines, but I know what I like. But if you are really into the coffee, you have everything set up for yourself. And when I go somewhere, if I'm in a restaurant or, you know, coffee shop or something, I ask that they make a fresh pot of coffee. Okay. Or or I ask, how long has this coffee been sitting here? And if they say, well, it's about 10 minutes, I'll say, eh, you know, would you mind putting on, because I can taste the difference. You know, if I'm going somewhere and I'm paying money for a cup of coffee, I want to make sure it is the freshest, best cup of coffee that I'm going to get. I'm not going to go to, you know, like a gas station or, 
you know, fast food place and like, okay, I don't know how long that coffee's been sitting there. So if I'm going to pay money for coffee, I want to make sure it's the best coffee. So I guess in a way I'm sort of a snob, even though I don't have the equipment. (laughs) I don't think it's a bad connotation to me. I I think, you know, yes, aficionado. And I think you probably absolutely are as well. I think, you know, to me, a coffee snob is just someone who cares about their coffee. It's not, you know, that's something that I value every day is my coffee. And so I'm a self-proclaimed coffee snob and, and I don't think it's a bad thing. I have friends who are and friends who laugh at me because I, I like good coffee. So it's, it's, I don't think that there's a bad thing about, about it, but it, it's just fun. It is fun. And, and when you call yourself, you know, a coffee snob, it's like you, you're smiling and you're kind of flipping your hair, so to speak, and just like, yep, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I drink my coffee 90% of the time black, so it's not any fancy. It's just coffee. <laughs> yeah. And it gets back to your business, you know, Sassy Bean. It's describing that fun part of the coffee business, you know, and, and life is meant to be fun. And so when, when you go to drink coffee, it's not like, oh, I have to have this coffee because, you know, it's more of, I'm looking forward to having this coffee. I can't wait till the finished coffee's done brewing. And then I pour in the cream or, or not, or, you know, I'm sharing coffee with a friend and it's enjoying the moment. It's, it's that experience over coffee, which I think is so important. And I think some of us overthink the idea of having coffee with someone, but really it's, you and I are having a conversation. We're not necessarily having coffee. I mean, yes, we have our own coffee at home because we're doing this online. But if we were in in a coffee shop, we'd be drinking coffee and talking. So it's just having that fun and that connection with someone, isn't it? It absolutely is. And that's really what I try to promote is that moment because we kind of fly through those moments. We don't actually stop and go, okay, I do. I do maybe love my coffee because I'm taking a moment for myself every day. Whether you're getting the kids ready for school or you're having a busy day at work, you're taking a moment to enjoy something. If it's with friends, you're taking a moment. And in all of those scenarios, you're being present. So it's, it absolutely, I agree with you, is about connection. It's about being present. It's about your mindset and allowing yourself to have that moment of just being, you know, there's nothing else to worry about. You're having a conversation with good people, with good friends, or maybe you're just enjoying it yourself. And that really is what I love about coffee. Mm-hmm. So instead of stopping to smell the roses, it's stopping to smell the coffee. <laughs> 100%. Now you mentioned on your website that it's farm to table. And I've talked about coffee sort of farm to cup. So farm to table, farm to cup. Why is that journey important? Because it, there's so many different components to it. So, so you know, from, from choosing your farms to how the farms are run, to how you import your coffee, to who roasts it, to the branding, to the presentation, and then to where you can find the coffee or where, how you get it into your home and onto your table is one thing. But if you can't make the coffee once it's on your table and enjoy it, then all of that proceeding is in, it's kind of irrelevant. Um, so that's, that would be why I prefer the farm to table because you actually are involved in the process in creating the coffee. Yeah, no, I love that. I love the fact that we're not just buying a, a bag of beans from your website. We're, we're also involved in the process because we're taking what you've done, the whole journey, the whole process, and then 
we get to enjoy that. So we're the lucky ones that get to enjoy or, you know, benefit from all of what you've been able to provide for us. And so I I just love that description of the farm to table. Thank you. Yeah. And it's, it is really about just wanting people to take that moment. For me, it's not, you know, looking for that. Thank you for presenting it to, to us. It's that in taking, you know, knowing you're taking a moment to enjoy your coffee. That's, that's what I want. I want people to take a moment and just enjoy your coffee and be present. I'm sure you've been asked this before, but have you thought of actually roasting or learning how to roast the coffee yourself? Absolutely. I can't wait. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I've been learning and I have gone through the process a couple of times with Chronicle and absolutely, you know, if I have the time and available, I would absolutely love to be able to do that. So, you know, that's a big goal down the road. But right now it's just not possible. But as, as we grow, hopefully it will become something that is possible. And I can't wait to have that in our own backyard at the same time. I mean, considering that you just started your business September 2022, I have to say that you've accomplished quite a lot in five months. That's crazy. Yeah, it's been fast, I have to say, but it's been really well received and really well picked up. And I live in a little tiny town, so it's been really interesting. And I was kind of nervous because it is such a small town, but just putting it out there and I, I keep getting the, oh, your coffee's actually really good. And I have, I have to actually laugh. So I'm like, yeah, actually. <laughs> and? <laughs> and um, but it, it's kind of, people are really surprised that, I don't know what they expected, but because it's been so well received, it's really, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm very, very grateful for how well received it has been and and how far we've come. And, you know, as time permits, we will, we'll keep growing. I love that. Now, obviously I know where to find you because I have a bag of your coffee, but if someone wanted to order your coffee, where do they go? Basically, we are online. So we are sassybeancoffee.com. So you can order the coffee online unless you happen to be. We're currently expanding into retail locations, but I don't have anyone in your area yet. So we're just right now we're in a couple of retail locations here in the Ottawa Valley. But for right now, uh, sassybeancoffee.com is your best bet. Okay, good to know. And I'm hoping that you find uh, a retailer in Winnipeg because I'd love to be able to just walk in and pick up a bag of beans. But maybe you and I will talk later about some options that you can consider. Yeah, that would be amazing. Well, thank you so much, Melanie, for being on and talking about Sassy Bean Coffee and your business. And I love the fact that it is, you know, female centric, that you are supporting women and breaking new ground in a sense, because there aren't a lot of women roasters or women-owned farms or women-run farms. And so uh, what you are doing is is absolutely wonderful and, and you're paving the way for you know future generations of women who can one day take over the coffee business. Thank you so much, Jenny, for having me. It's been a pleasure and I'm you know happy to, to talk coffee anytime. Wonderful. All right. Thank you, Melanie. So until next time, consider being sassy, whatever that means to you, and confidence and fun and joy and enjoying life because life is meant to be enjoyed. Coffee is meant to be enjoyed. And so I highly recommend you trying one of the four different coffee types, whether it's Blissful Betty, Logical Lisa, 
Feisty Fiona or Calmly Karen and reach out to Sassy Bean Coffee. I know that you will love it. Thanks so much for listening. If you like Coffee with Jenny B and want to know more, connect with Jenny on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. That's Jenny with a G. Until then, all you need is joy and more coffee. Looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man podcast. Join me, host Mike C, as we explore all areas of human wellness physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.